Yo, 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 this is MTV Raps. No, I'm joking. Hey, everybody, this is Kevin, a podcast for me, a podcast for me, as well as a podcast for you. I'm your host, Kevin. Oh, man, I was doing laundry. I forgot to do that shirt. Sucks. Anyways, so I thought I'd change things up with this podcast and uh, come up with some other shit that I'm a nerd. That's what I do. The thing that I do, you know, being nerdy and stuff. And um, I was listening to some podcasts about Star Trek. And uh, Star Trek is near and dear to my heart. I love that show tremendously. A show, I should say, franchise. That's what, what I mean. Because like, I've watched all of it. <laughs> every show, every movie, even read a book or two. Uh, played some games in Star Trek. I am a guy who likes Star Trek. Let's just say that. And uh, I was listening to this podcast about Star Trek. It's called the um, Star Trek The Next Conversation, which is a a pun off of The Next Generation. But, you know, so generation you got conversation. And uh, they were discussing um, the they had like letters coming in. And uh, one of the letters was, uh, who was the best first officer? Now, that's it. That's an interesting question, you know, because like most times when you're talking Star Trek, you always do it like this. Best uh, best series or best, uh, yeah, best in the series. So Star Trek versus Deep Space Nine, shit like that. You'll do best captain. That's a thing. Who's the best captain? You get the best ship. And they get, get that gets kind of weird with the best ship, you know. Um, but you, I, you rarely hear best first officer, you know. That's not something you actually hear. Because what better way to say who's badass other than the right-hand man? You know, you always got the hero, but there's always someone supporting the hero. You know, one could say the, the wife. It's the, it's the wife of the show <laughs> or the husband other show you know whoever the second in command is you know so i figured i would um break down who i think in my opinion is the first or the best first officer or the first first officer (laughs) all right i think we'll work backwards so we're doing all the shows uh and we got do we do movies nah let's just do shows and i'm just doing this off of uh memory so forgive me if I forget a bunch of shit. Um, so how many how many are there all together? You got your Star Trek original series. You got um, you got Next Generation. You got D Space Nine. You got Voyager. Then you got Enterprise, and then you have Discovery. That's six shows. So let's do it. Top six. Starting at number six. Who's the bottom of the fucking list as first officer? That's not to say that they, these guys suck. It's just that I would say, how are you, how am I meeting this criteria of best? Let's do accolades, like what they've done, who they are as a character, what they bring to the story, and maybe how popular they are. I think I would have to say number six, I would say Chakotay. Chicote from the the show Star Trek Voyager, the uh, 
one, two, three, fourth iteration of the show uh, or the franchise. See, watch original star, deep, yeah, fourth, yeah. Chicote, he's a badass and to his own rights, you know. But that's when Star Trek started. You know what? So Star Trek always pushed social justice, and um, they're always in your face about it. But I don't know. It just didn't feel like they were superior to you when they did shit like that. Chicote was an Indian. He was part of the, um, I forgot what the name of the Indian uh, tribe he is, but it turns out it's an alien thing. <laughs> In one of the episodes, it turns out that aliens visited his planet long ago, or Earth, visited Earth long ago, and created this Indian tribe. And uh, Chicote would do this thing. And when I was growing up watching Star Trek Voyager, because it started on the UPN network, back in the day, U UPN network, United Paramount Network. So back in the day, you only had like a few channels and um, like, like 20 or 30 or something like that. And then they, the networks would grow, right? And one channel uh, was the UPN uh, channel. And it was a United Paramount channel, something like that. And they had a lot of um, shows. And one of the main shows that they had to start out, because I remember Sci-Fi Channel came out and they had their own thing. Uh, UPN was Star, Star Trek Voyager was like their big push. Like, hey, man, Voyager. With that being said, they had this guy, Chicote, And he was a, he was a Indian. He would do spirit visions and shit like that. And as a kid growing up watching this, I thought this was weak as fuck. But as you get older and more seasoned as a as a human being you kind of resonate with that spirituality you know and it wasn't too hokey pokey it was um it was tempered wisdom that's what they did it was kind of dumb when they did the thing where he did a spirit journey he would use some kind of a machine that make you hallucinate and i guess it was a science fiction version of hallucinating which is pretty tight i mean that does give you good perspective and i thought that was a pretty cool uh thought but it is kind of you know hokey pokey you know and it is cool that he was very wise in the show. There was one uh, famous quote. It was um, he was telling a story, a fable of the scorpion and the fox, or is it the frog? I think it was scorpion and the frog. No, fox. Where they're trying to go across this river, and um, uh, the scorpion stings the fox, and they both drown. And the scorpion goes. Why did you do this? Or the fox goes, why did you do this? Now we'll both die. And the scorpion goes, well, it's in my nature. And he was giving that that wise story for, um, what can I say, for, uh, for the Borg. So there was an episode where they were trying to use the Borg or ally themselves with the Borg. It's like a evil robot um, people. What are they? Civilization, a civilization bent on world universe domination, that kind of thing. And he's all like, hey, if we team up with them, they'll fuck us in the end. You know, that episode was named Scorpion. It's pretty good. He was a good captain. I mean, captain. Good first officer in the sense of the spirituality. They really didn't tap his wisdom enough. I guess if you get, get too much wisdom, it becomes a thing in which he's like old. They make him too old. But I did like him giving out uh, wisdom in, in pieces, though. That was pretty cool. He um he didn't really do much, though, if you think about it, in the main scheme of things. Like, uh, he helped... 
see accolades really i mean he helped a lot you know in 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 the show i mean but that that's what a first officer does right they're not supposed to be star and center um what 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 does he do really he, he there was a there was a time where there's these aliens that can i guess erase people from time and he got with them and helped out and you know i guess what what, <laughs> what did he do he gets on this fucking ship they race time he says hey i'm one of you guys and then uh and then i guess he he becomes friends with the captain and you know kinds of turns around oh he becomes friends with the first officer of that ship and um convinces him to mutiny you know so they can go back home i guess um yeah, I mean, Chakotay, man, it's perplexing because he's not—he's not that. He's a cool character when you think about it, but he—he, he, he, I guess the character himself isn't charismatic. He—he he just isn't. He's cool though. It, it would have been better if he was like enlisted and he was a chief or some shit like that, you know? Because it just—I don't know—it just didn't match the first cat, the the per, the um. The persona of the first uh, in command, because usually the first in command is always vying for position. Like they always like taking over, doing something like captain like. They're like the sidekick who does shit. Man, Chicote, you suck. Like when I think about, it, I'm really like racking my brain for like all the shit that you are. I, I like him, but it's just he just doesn't fit well, you know. And my my thoughts are a, a first first officer. He doesn't really do much either. You know, there's not that many pivotal stories with them, you know. I mean, there are stories with them. You know, you got a show of 26 episodes per season. They did seven seasons. And they end up sticking them with uh, 7 and 9, which is random. Like, at the very end of the show, 7 and 9, and, and uh, spoiler, and Chakotay, they get together. And that's it. You know, I haven't really... Man, I've been re-watching Voyager 2, and I'm, I'm really just like... Yeah, man, that Chakotay, he doesn't really do much. Um, man, it's a bummer, though. I really wanted that character to work. I like that guy, too. I think he's cool. It just doesn't work, you know, as a, as a, like, a fucking, I am the shit. All right, all right, so fuck him. So he's, he's bottom of the list. Sorry, Chakotay. You just, um, you're average at best. The, the, the best thing going for you is your wisdom. You know, your spirituality. And I think that's pretty cool. So number five. Who who, who we got here? We got... You know what? Let me see. Because T'Pau of Enterprise is in the bottom rung of all of this. And I'm trying to think if she's the last one or she's second. What does she do? Sub-Commander T'Pau is a Vulcan in the, sh in the show Enterprise, the fifth iteration of, uh, of Star Trek. What, it, what does T'Pau do? He, she's a Vulcan, a uh, full-blooded Vulcan, but for some reason she has feelings. It's a weird thing. Um, extraordinarily attractive. It's, 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 it's actually, I think it worked to her disbenefit, you know, because... It, it was just so distracting, you know, <laughs> like it, 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 I, I don't know. I really, I'm trying to think back on it. Enterprise isn't that great of a show either. 
I mean, they had some good episodes here and there, but it wasn't that great of a show. Um, it felt like Enterprise was a show in which they were trying to make it more realistic, like Star Trek more realistic. And um, it didn't work out too well. I like the intro song. It's been a long time from getting here to here and such. We got Quantum Leap. Dr. Sam Beckett. I like the captain, though. He was cool. It's Sam Beckett, man. Finally, near and dear to my heart. It had all the parts, but it didn't work out too well. And Subcommander to Paul, she didn't really do much. I mean, let's see here. What did she do? What was the biggest thing she fucking did? She just, she was just there. <laughs> she she created a love triangle. but No, she no love triangle. She just gets with Trip. And uh, they get some kind of a weird on and off relationship. They don't really do much. Uh, yeah, man, really. She okay. You know what? I'm gonna give you this. She is the sixth. She is the bottom of the barrel. Chicote's number number five. Because I can't really think of anything with um, Tapao. I'm gonna have to watch Enterprise again. But it's kind of hard to watch Enterprise. It really isn't that good. It, it, well, I mean, it's good. There's no TV shows, but I'm like rewatching like episodes of Agents of Shield, trying to get into that, and that's that's a fucking slog. It's really hard to get into that. Um, I'd rather watch Battlestar Galactica. You know, that's pretty good. I feel like maybe that's what Enterprise was, but didn't Enterprise come before Battlestar Galactica? I don't know. It was trying to be gritty. I don't know. That fucking show sucked. Like when I think about it, well, so there you go, man. This first officer thing is not going the way i thought it would i really thought i had more to say about these these fucking guys but there's not much chicote you're number five you i've i've upgraded you to pow duh you're six all right who, who's next we got so we got who we got left we got some saru we got some kira spock of course and Riker. so we got those fucking guys let's see here now i'm torn between at number four oh man that's a tough one number four slot i'm i'm torn between saru and um kira and the reason why and I'll, is uh kira is from deep space nine which is the third iteration of star trek and um, I'm not counting the cartoon, okay, guys? Just saying. But um, Kira is in Deep Space Nine, and uh, she's a badass. She's a terrorist. There's more going on with her than, say, Saru. But Saru, for the, you know what? Kira. I'm going to, okay, yeah, I got this. So Kira, I'm going to put you at four. At number four, Kira. So at number six, we've got fucking T'Pau. Number five we got ourselves um chicote and now we got kira kira is tight man she's cool you know the, she is a bajoran from the show deep space nine she is the second in command uh she used to be and the reason why i put her at like higher than the other two is because the stories with her were like really good yeah uh, she um she was a hardened soldier for the Bajoran occupation. So back in the day, Bajor was this planet of like religious people, farmers and shit. 
and there's this group of um, spacefaring aliens called the Cardassians, and they just basically just take over, and uh, in their minds they're like, we're just elevating these slaves, you know, these these barbarians. So basically, you know, they're like the the Americans to Africans kind of thing, and they just enslaved them for like fifty fucking years. And then there was some wars going on, and eventually they just left. And uh, one of how they how they fought against um, the Cardassians with, with with the meager means that they had was their infiltration and shit like that. They were they were just basically terrorists, you know, or rebels, whatever you want to call them. And Kira, there's a lot of episodes of Kira just you know going back to her past of you know working for the bajorans and trying to kill as many cardass and she was a badass dude so as a first officer when she when she comes to be uh as the second in command she's like fucking just like rip roaring tearing doors down and shit you know female empowerment but it was it was tight though because it worked for her character i mean they really developed her character she was like a you know like hardcore like i'm i'm pretty and cute i'm killing you you know, she and she would kill her own kind just to fucking forward the cause. You know, that's how hard she was, though. You know, like when she was killing people left and right, there was collaborators, the people who would uh, work with the Cardassians, and she would kill them too. You know, she fucking it didn't matter. She and she, um, there's a lot of good episodes with there. There's one episode in memory where there's this like Hitler-like type guy. He was like the worst of the worst of Cardassians, like beating and raping and shit. He's the worst Cardassian ever. And he goes, and they, they're going to go try him for war crimes. Kira's like, fucking, I don't want to talk to this guy. I hate this guy. Turns out that he isn't really, she starts investigating him to, to make sure that he's who he is. Um, and she knows, she just wants it to be him, you know, so bad. And as she finds out, he's just a store clerk or something. Like, he just works with the, the main bad guy. And since he's dead, he thought that he should die for his crimes, you know, so they can have justice. You know, that's pretty fucking hardcore, you know. He felt so guilty for all the crimes and scre- screamings and stuff. Because the, because the Cardassians were pretty fucked up people towards the Bajorans. You know, they enslaved the entire race. And uh, he felt so bad that he felt he needed to die for hi- for not doing anything. And then she, like, you know, the very enemy she hates, once dead, finds that, he, you know, he is the ultimate good guy, you know. He he was a coward who uh, rose to die. I don't know. I don't know what the, how to quantify that. How do you, A guy who didn't save anybody but will die in some kind of a weird sacrifice kind of way. Let's see here. Um, there's other, and then there's other episodes where Kira gets with this one changeling guy, so he can morph and shit. So that's pretty tight for her. And um, uh, yeah, she gets with this guy, and he's like a hardcore lawman, and she's like a bad guy, like a terrorist lady, but she's good. You know, it's kind of weird. You know, their ideologies are just different. You know, and um, uh, as it turns out. She's trying to hide the fact that she killed a bunch of people, and he find, and he's on he's on the case to find out if she did. It's one of those weird things that really tests the relationship, you know. And that was a pretty good episode. Uh, 
Yeah, Kira is pretty cool. She's she is definitely better than Chakotay and Tapao because there's more to do with her. But she doesn't <laughs> accolades once again. She don't really do much. She helps out the captain quite a bit, even in the Dominion War. Um, I can't really think of anything memorable about her, where like it was like a pivotal let's save the fucking universe kind of thing. Uh, there's there's context to what I'm saying. You know, when I get to number one. I think you guys, if you're hearing my list, you're kind of figuring out who's number one. I'm just saying by acolytes, way, way, <laughs> like, it's it, it stuff, you know? Uh, Saru at number three. Now, the reason I put Saru at number three is because of his character alone. I mean, in, what, in 14 episodes, and they have three, se three seasons, but two right now at the time of this recording. So 28 episodes altogether, maybe give or take a short episode they have developed a character that is genetically um how do i say they were born to be in fear that's it that's their life from the day they live to the day they die they're born to live in fear it's a weird thing some kind of a safety mechanism or some shit like that so they're always afraid and here you got this guy right starfleet that's like the one place you shouldn't be. So he's got, by genetics, like he is supposed to be afraid. Like anxiety, everything. And you can also sense when he's about to die. <laughs> That's another thing. And that just sucks, man, you know? <laughs> so here you got this guy who is like everything in his body is telling him to run, fucking hide, do something to get away. And there he is, man. He He's... A first officer, he is fucking doing what's right. He uh, learns a bunch of he's he knows pretty much a lot of languages only because I don't know he has to learn. I don't know, man. He just knows a lot of languages. He's super smart, you know. Um, uh, he's by the book, gets shit done. Super strong. I mean, there's um there's a little there's a lot of little episodes here and there to develop his character, but just the idea of a character who's just genetically afraid, you know, who overcomes that. That's the beauty of it. Like, he was born and destined to die in fear, but instead he powers through. Even in, I mean, Jesus, dude. Okay, so on his planet, he's supposed to go die or some shit like that. And he does this thing where he's not supposed to do. He goes and radio contacts uh, a Starfleet ship, you know, and then he gets saved. Like, just his act of overcoming tremendous fear, he saved himself and excelled in a, in, a, in a universe, like, bent out of making you panic and shit. And this guy's just fucking just dealing with it, you know. Every day, he wakes up, and he's like, oh! you know but he's still fucking just doing his job you know um what, what's his accolades he helped out a bunch i mean mirror universe and shit he, they saved all universes he he was part of that helping all universes you know that kind of thing there's a there's a time in which there's this one universe that decide i don't know they figure out how to control this power that can cross over universes and it was gonna break this entire network that would have destroyed all universes and all times it's, it's fucking weird and he helped out with that so that's a big one that's a big player in the world i mean kira never did that <laughs> none of them never did that you know they chakotay helped with the borg if anything you know but that was all once again 
you know, that was the captain. I mean, she, he, he helped out quite a bit. Man, he was running that ship and uh, fighting and stuff. So what else did he do? I don't know. They really do set up like good set pieces, and Discovery is not as good as the other Star Trek in the sense that they don't build characters that much. But when it came to that character, they did. They really like know how to set up moods. Like this shit's it. We gotta fucking take this guy out, or this is the end of everything. So that's pretty fucking cool. They really know how to set that up. Um, that's it for Saru. Really, I thought I would have more for him, but I don't. And then, okay, so that's number three. At number two, it's going to be Riker. You know, I mean, like, you know, number one had to be Spock, right? I mean, because, come on, dude. I'll, I'll get to that. But Riker, let's tell you why he's number two. And shit, he could be one, but let's give him number two, even though he's number one in the show. Um, T, uh, Riker, William Riker, William T. Riker, which is Thomas. Uh, you later find out, is um, he's in Star Trek The Next Generation. He's in the second iteration of the franchise. Um, Riker is a man who lost his mother when he was young, so he had some kind of a strange relationship with his father, creating this hardcore man who has to, you know, overcome everything, you know. But then, for some fucking unknown reason, although he's trying to fucking become the captain do this do that become in charge of shit he stops everything for picard in fact it's almost kind of homoerotic you know uh but he does everything for this guy he stops trying to be a captain and just tries to be the best first officer he can ever be in fact he's one of the best characters in the sense of of all the characters they have they're all trying to be something they're not he's trying to be the best version of himself that he can be and that's the first officer of the flagship and uh, the flagship of the federation the, the starship Enter enterprise you know uh, i mean he helps out a bunch if you think about it like captain picard saves the fucking world the universe quite a bit you know from the q continuum to the borg to there's even an episode where he goes mano y mano you know it's Riker versus uh picard he gambles and captures picard while he was the cutest of borg you know he one of his so picard gets captured by the borg and they use his knowledge to destroy the federation and um fucking riker goes toe to toe with them and it's pretty fucking tight there's episodes where riker literally takes over ships so there's this <laughs> it's so fucking funny and this is like in the first season or the second season i can't remember where um he gets on a Klingon ship, you know, and uh, it's like a, a trading thing that the, the Enterprise, the Federation does. They trade their first officer with another first officer. So here he is on a Klingon ship, learning how to be a Klingon, you know, and the Klingon ship, for some reason, gets it in their head. They need to destroy the Enterprise. And he ends up beating the shit out of the captain, taking over. And, and becoming the the captain of the ship, he goes he goes and he tells Captain Picard to fucking surrender, or he'll destroy them. And Captain Picard goes, oh, I surrender because he because he knows what's up. It was a pretty cool thing, man. Of all the cap, all the first officers, no one takes over ships but Riker, and that's how badass he is. Riker slings dick like the best of them. He 
fucks everybody, you know? I mean, he even gets with the trans, he even gets with the transgender, he even gets with the I mean, he gets with everybody, dude. He gets kidnapped this one time. <laughs> Riker is funny, dude, if you think about it. He gets in these wacky adventures. So Picard, so Riker gets caught up in like I don't know why, but he he's wearing an alien outfit to i guess spy on this race so when a when i guess when a race is about to learn about warp technology uh star trek goes in you know or the enterprise or not the enterprise but starfleet itself puts sleeper agents there they like to to observe and you know i guess live among them you know and picard is he gets caught up in some accident and um they're like oh shit it's an alien we found an alien but he's the alien so he ends up fucking his way out of that one. Like, this lady goes, I'll let you go if we have sex. And then he fucks her, you know? I mean, they don't show it, but, I mean, like, the next scene is him, like, oh. And then, like, the next scene, he's, like, fucking blasting in her face. No, uh, he's, um, you know, walking off and shit like that with her. And I was like, well, I guess he did do that. Um, What else does Riker do? takes on his captain he um i mean he helps out a bunch he even becomes a q fuck <laughs> Riker, man he, he fucking what don't you do <laughs> he, beca- he becomes q cont- so q for i don't know why q is this all-powerful being gives Riker the power of the q and Riker is so badass that he not only does he have the power he's able to say no i don't I'll promise never to use this power, but even though he has that, all right? Then he gives it up. He gives up all power, and that's pretty cool. I mean, he that's pretty badass. He gets all the power in the universe, and he gives it up. There you go. What else does Riker do? Riker does quite a bit. <laughs> like, let me think. Let's see, season one, two. Oh, okay. So Riker gets in this one adventure where he um he's stuck in this um kind of universe where it's a hotel and um it's playing out this book uh called the uh casino royale or some shit like that right and there's no way to really um get out really but because he 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 has the the robot data read the book and goes hey look at the end of the book some some people buy the the hotel and leave and he goes okay we'll be those people i mean he just comes up with some weird ass way of getting out of shit <laughs> what a weird situation i know if i was stuck in some hotel playing out a story i'd be stuck i wouldn't think to myself oh if i fucking win a bunch of money i can buy the hotel <sighs> what else do they do what else does he do Riker, casino yeah he gets abducted by aliens <laughs> from another dimension and he's able to beat his way out of that one. He comes up with some kind of cockamamie plan where it makes him not sleep when he was supposed to be sleeping when the aliens took him. Um, he gets with the transgender. <laughs> he even gets it on with uh, Beverly Crusher in some weird way. <laughs> Man, Riker, dude, what the fuck? So this <laughs> this one guy like dies, but inside of him is the actual essence of this guy. Is this parasite? A uh, 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 I forgot the name of it, but so he volunteers. So they put this alien inside of him, and now he's this guy who used to be in a relationship with Beverly Crusher, the doctor of that ship, and he ends up fucking her. So that's, I mean, that happens. <laughs> um, 
see, he gets cloned and forgives his clone for being so angry. <laughs> Man, Riker has quite the life, you know, if you think about it. I mean, he does a lot of shit. He gets offered a command several times, turns it down. Um, so what else he does? Yeah, I can't really think. Uh, yeah, that's about it, really. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of Riker nonsense. Riker does a lot, let's just say, in his tenure on the Enterprise, saving the fucking world and universes quite a bit, helping out Picard. So, okay, that's it. So let's let's go back. So number six, we've got fucking Tapau. Number five, we got Chakotay. Number four, Kira. Uh, and then number three, we got uh, Saru. And at number two, Ry William T. Riker. William Thomas Riker. Uh, okay, here we go. At number one, we have Spock. Duh. Duh, Spock would be king of all the fucking first officers. Because of what he does. Dude, there are countless times the Enterprise is saving the fucking world or universe or galaxy. They're just saving people left and right. That's all they ever did in that fucking show. Um, there's an episode where they're with these aliens <clears throat> that make them go back and play out Tombstone. You know, where they're the, they're the, um, they're the opposite, they're the, the, the cowboys, not the other guys. Uh, they're the, what are they called? Tombstone wider i fucking forgot what they're called but okay so basically it's gonna play out that they're gonna go to the okay corral and they're gonna die that's what they're gonna do they're being punished this way so <laughs> spock gets it in his head he goes look this shit ain't real we we don't we're not we're not in danger at all we got this we fucking got this and everyone bones like damn it we can't be like you you're a vulcan you're just you know you have that power and he goes fuck this i got this here hold my beer and so he does this vulcan mind meld with everybody where everyone knows that the reality that they're in isn't real <laughs> and so when they go to fight this unwinnable fight because all they have to do is know that this isn't real they'll win and they just fucking win and thank you spock i mean from from just that act alone man he saves everybody you know um and there's times where he just says the right thing at the right time, and it just encapsulates the show. For instance, like Riker never did that. None of the first officers just say the one thing, and then that's like, mm, right, fucking hammers at home. You call, call Spock the motherfucking closer. Leonard Nimoy fucking plays an outstanding performance playing this fucking guy. Um, see, Spock's a Vulcan. He comes from this uh, ambassador, uh, Saru, or... Ambassador Sarak and uh, this white lady. And so he's half human. So that's always been a, a thing inside of him. So every once in a while he gets angry. And for like 18 years, he's been the first officer of this fucking ship. No, he wasn't the first officer. He was the science officer. And then when Kirk comes to be 18 years later, he becomes the uh, first officer. Because the Vulcans can live a very long time. I mean, Spock does all sorts of shit. Like, like let me tell you about encapsulating an episode. There's an episode where... For reasons I don't even know, uh, the doctor of the ship, uh, McCoy, uh, gets uh, injected with some kind of a thing, and he gets crazy, and he goes <laughs> – there. they happen to be on this planet where it's a 
it's a portal to all time and space. And reasons I don't even know, fucking McCoy runs into there as he's crazy. And he goes back to World War II. And um, uh, Kirk and Spock go after him and uh, pretend to be human. Or back in that day, and they're all wearing things. And, 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 and Kirk, I guess, falls in love with, with this one lady. And um, they're looking for McCoy this whole time. They, as it turns out, uh, the lady he fell in love with is some fucking lady. If she lives, uh, World War II will be won by the Nazis in some weird way. But because it, but but she, she because of McCoy, somehow McCoy changes all reality by doing something. And somehow this lady, if she if she lives. World War Two will be won by the Nazis. If she dies, you know, there you go. And there's a part where they're walking, and Kirk finally figures out he loves this fucking lady, which is weird because they just met. And but that's what Kirk does. He does what he does. And uh, they see McCoy. They're like, ah, McCoy. And somehow, she, she uh, the girl gets caught up in the streets, and she's going to get hit by a car. And Kirk stops McCoy from saving her. And then McCoy goes, I could have saved her, Jim. And and Kirk can't even bring himself to look at anybody because he understands what went down. And <laughs> Spock, being the fucking closer, says, uh, when Jim or uh, McCoy goes, God damn it, I could have fucking saved her and all that shit. Do you know what you did? Spock closes the shit out. Fucking like the man he is. He goes, he knows. He knows. I was like, shit, that's fucking deep, man. Spock just fucking putting it out there. Like, because we all fucking know, right? But, you know, because people are stupid, they don't understand shit. They had to write in that Spock fucking has to encapsulate that shit. There's a part, okay, where uh, Spock does this thing called the Ponfar, all right? Every seven, because Vulcans are so repressed. Every seven years, they need to fuck. They need to fuck hard. And if they don't fuck, they die. That's how much they need to fuck. You imagine? Mean the fuck so bad you will die if you don't fuck. So he's he's like all emotional, want to kill people and all sorts of shit, you know. And he's got this thing, so um, he has to fuck his wife. So apparently Spock is married. That's weird. Some arranged Indian relationship or something like that. So he goes to his planet to fuck, and um, his wife for reasons. No one understands. Says, hey, look, I don't want to fuck you. I want to fuck this guy, Kirk. Points to Kirk. Kirk's like, oh, shit. So the two have to battle it out, right? If they have to fight over this chick. It's a weird. There's a superior race, but for some reason, every seven years, they either fuck or they die, and they have to fight this fucking battle to death. So, so Spock literally kills Kirk to, like, fuck this lady. But because he does that, like, I guess that's a thing. If you fight to the death, you you can, you know, you don't have to fuck anymore. And so after seven years of not fucking, to the point where you're going to die if you don't fuck, he kills his best friend, Spock, Kirk. Now, know this, man. He, Spock is a, a Vulcan. He got logic. They ain't supposed to have, like, friends, really. Acquaintances at most. But that their relationship isn't, like, an emotional one. So he doesn't have an emotional relationship. But... Because, because he is so tremendously into this guy, Kirk. I don't know why, but he's so into him. 
he goes it's like a strong fucking bond where he when he kills him he 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 goes uh he goes i'm good i don't need to fuck anymore i'm done and then the king of all the Vulcans, or the queen of all Vulcans, Tapau, or not Tapal, ah, fuck, I forget their names. Their names are stupid. Goes, um, you don't want to get with this chick? And he goes, nah, I'm good. And she explains why she chose Kirk. She goes, um, I chose him because, you know, I wanted to get with this guy. But I knew you would kill him if you were to fight him. So I chose your best friend. If you won, you would have killed your best friend, and uh, you wouldn't want me. But if you lost, you'd be dead, and I would get my friend. Spock, being the man that he is, or the Vulcan that he is, he's like, I get the logic. I see what you're doing. Cool. That's 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 cool. That's legit. I'm not going to give my anger to you because I'm a Vulcan. He looks at the fucking queen of all the um, Vulcans, and she goes, live long and prosper. They're, they're, they're you know, their thing. Uh, that they um, say to each other. And then Spock goes, I've just killed my best friend. I will do neither. <laughs> Instead of saying live long and prosper, that's what he said, I will do neither. I mean, that's fucking dope, man. I mean, that's how much of a boss Spock is, man. He's just like, hey, man, I killed my best friend. I ain't doing shit. I mean, man, Spock, he really does, he does do a lot for the show. Um... One time he gets his brain taken out and he's just walking around and without a brain <laughs> because his brain is so good that this alien race had to take his brain to serve as a computer for this fucking place. Yep, that's a thing. And um, he's so smart that when he was in his body, when they're putting his brain back in his body, um, I guess uh, McCoy didn't know how to do it. He started funny he mccoy like lost his uh his super genius i guess i guess he got super genius juice he's trying to put this dude's brain back in his body and they got to a point where he kind of like started forgetting and uh spock kind of wakes up and with his half brain half brain he's able to tell mccoy how to put his brain back in through surgery Name the fucking guy who could do that. With half a fucking brain, he's able to tell a guy who's doing surgery on his brain how to fucking put his brain together. Damn. Dude, this is how cool um, Spock is. He's literally on a planet Vulcan trying to be more fucking... I don't know why they have this, but they do. There's this thing where you're you're completely logic. You win the logic awards. It's in Star Trek The Motion Picture, the movie. He goes, you win the logic awards. You're going to be the most logical guy fucking ever, you know? He goes, <laughs> and right before he does that, he senses a presence from fucking in the vastness of space. And it's this machine bent on destroying everything. It doesn't mean to, it just does. And he's able to fucking communicate it from, from that. He ends up touching and mind melding with this computer. And uh, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's how powerful he is as a as a telepath you know uh there's countless times where he's like controlling people through walls um he's super strong uh what else does he do i mean he does he does a lot more than any of the other there's not that as many episodes like like you got seven seasons with chakote you got fucking seven seasons with kira you got seven seasons with uh Narice, you got five seasons with uh, what's his name, uh, Enterprise, whatever the fuck. 
you only get like five seasons with this dude. I think five, maybe less. And Spock does quite a lot of shit. You know, he does some stuff in the movies. I mean, he even dies for the fucking crew. There's a part where, like, uh, the ship needs to get the fuck out of there. And there's, like, this radiation thing for some unknown reason. We haven't figured this out. And if you fuck, if you go in there, you're going to die. So he ends up fucking going in there, giving his fucking life, everything for the fucking ship so everyone can live. I mean, he he able save, saves his captain from some kind of Klingon conspiracy to start another war. Man, the list goes on, man. Spock, if you don't put Spock at the top of your list for number one first officer, you're just playing mental jiu-jitsu to create a scenario in which you're trying to subvert the that expectation. That's all you're doing. Because, like, Spock is literally the best first officer ever, hands down, by, like, leagues. I mean, Riker's pretty fucking badass. And if Spock didn't exist, of course he'd be number one. But and you can argue all those fucking guys, but fucking undisputed. We're talking like fifty and zero. That's how good he is as when it comes to number one um, first officer. And I, I really and it's funny too because like I only watched the first uh, the original series maybe once or twice in my whole life. Like once you know like not like straight through just episodes here and there. And then I went for a real go for it. Uh, when I got older, but when it comes to watching uh, Star Trek, I really don't. That's not my go-to. It's not that. It's not even. It's not that great of a show. It's just that you know, so outdated. But it's it's really good. You know, <laughs> like the character development in that is amazing. You know, it was it was years ahead of what Star Trek is now. In fact, if you had to compare Star Trek the original series and Star Trek the Next Generation, I think the original beats it in that in the sense of, like, character development. I mean, they really developed the fuck out of them characters. Except for, like... Yeah, I, I, I would... Yeah, I stand by that. Uh, Spock does a lot. I'm trying to think of other things Spock did, because he's such a crazy cat, man. He does a lot of shit. Um, you take over a ship. Yeah, he does take over a ship. Takes off... Takes over a Klingon ship in uh, Star Trek V. Uh, let's see what else he does. Yeah, in the movies, it just elevates what he does, you know. Comes back to life. I mean, like, name the character that does that. Alright, so another thing Spock does is he creates a whole new alternate timeline by going back in time. So he saves uh, Romulus, I guess, from a black hole or something. Some star exploding, and he creates an all-new alternative timeline in which his planet gets destroyed. So I don't know if that's that's an accolade, right? He tries to combine the the Romulans and the Vulcans. I guess he gets that done though, because why would he be trying to save Romulus? You know. Mm. So what else does Spock do? Let's see here. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's one episode. I think it's like the first episode that airs, as in like after the pilot, where you're like, this is. Picard or some or Picard. This is Kirk, in which um, it's a cool event where this guy gets the power to you know use his mind and do all sorts of alter reality or whatever. And Spock, he kind of just says, "We got ourselves a problem here. Like he's gonna see us as peasants and insects, 
and that's the way it's going to be. And I thought that was pretty cool at the time. I mean, you're talking 1960s, guys, superpower, and then you created a character who could actually analyze a situation for what it was in real time. So, I mean, there's so many things that Spock does within this show, and he, he does in other shows and movies. I mean, guy's a fucking man, you know? So it's, you, gotta, you gotta give it up for Spock, you know? MVP, number one first officer. Pretty much, if he's your first officer, you're set. You're fucking golden, you know? <laughs> when it comes to getting shit done. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I was going to do something like what's my favorite uh, shows of Star Trek, like shows, like which one's my fa favorite in the series. I can't really, that's hard to do, you know. I would say Next Generation. I don't know, man. Voyager's pretty fucking good. I'd say Voyager. All around. All around, Voyager's the best. Next Generation's pretty good. It has a horrible first three seasons, but so does... So it's Voyager. The first two seasons are terrible. But um, other than that, though, Voyager's pretty badass. It has good set pieces. It got, it's got good episodes that really explore thoughts and avenues. Um, the original series was good, and it, it was like the cornerstone of what a Star Trek show should be. But um, they just didn't go in depth with a lot of characters. Um, like with, um, what is the name? Uh, Sulu and uh, Hora or Aurora, whatever her name is. They just only developed three characters, McCoy. And even when they tried to develop them, they really didn't develop them. Not like they did with the other show. Because Harry Kim develops. You got your Voyage. You got your um, Tom Paris. He, he develops. He goes from hardcore pirate. I would have been tight if he was a pirate. But he goes from um, rebel to, like, father <laughs> father and husband, you know. And uh, he, Every character they develop. Like, I can't think of a character they didn't develop. Uh, yeah, man. That was a pretty good show. Well, anyways, it seems to be I'm fizzling out here. That's it for podcasts for me. I just wanted to talk about some Star Trek, really. You know, it's short but sweet. Um, as always, be the better person than you were yesterday. Watch some Star Trek, because that's what those people were all about. There, there ain't no such thing currency. It's all the currency was being a better person, and that's that's what you should strive for. So be like Star Trek, be the best you that you can be. Don't be petty. Don't be weak. I mean, people are weak, but you don't have to choose it. You know, you can be strong even in weakness, you know. So always be better than you were yesterday. And always, head on a swivel and stay frosty. It's the devil and the devil is free.